the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Hello. Great to have you on the show today, yes, Malka. Thank and you. It's been a tumultuous week with very weird sleeping patterns from moi, okay? Yeah. I have slept in my clothes often. Yeah, uh, that's I'm, true. You have fallen asleep like super early putting the kids to bed. That's right. And woken up basically at 4, 4.30 uh, and then like kind of worked from there and having a hard time sleeping and all kinds of stuff. I had really two things. The latest one was that uh, yeah. our beloved son Elazar uh, got some streptococcus. Yeah, he got like a big fat strep throat. Yeah, strep throat, which is annoying, And but he needed help. And that's my job in the family is to deal with people in the middle of the night. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> and, and the other thing beforehand is I got into a wicked, wicked Twitter war yeah. with, uh, with like the whole world when I came down against the gay pride flag being flown over uh, the foreign ministry of, of the state of Israel uh, that was done by this not so legitimate kind of minority government uh, and a break of the status quo and flying a flag as an official statement of the state of Israel. And I just thought, I don't think this this is right. You know what I mean? I, I'm, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about personal freedoms here. We're not talking about really tolerance. We're talking about deciding that this is a flag that should be flown uh, on our capital. And and to me, it is a flag that symbolizes something that God does not like, a Hellenistic type of concept that we uh, already fought many times in, in Jewish history. And, you know, the reason I said what I said in the beginning, which is this is not against individual rights, is because I'm not here to judge individual rights. And I don't think our, our country right now is set up to to judge, you know, people's, uh, you know, religious levels and and uh, their personal practices and their personal practices. And we and we literally have that freedom, but we also have a status quo to understand that this is a Jewish state. And I push back against those elements to think that this is a perfectly Jewish, uh, uh, you know, symbol that aligns with, uh, with, with our ancient values. That's what I kept saying. I'm like, I'm like, this does not align with our ancient values. And it's one thing to have these rights in the state, but it's another thing to proclaim that our state stands for this. I'm like, our Jewish state does not stand for gay rights. I'm sorry, it just does not. You know, one could argue. Uh, very fairly that there is a side of Israel that does stand for that. There is a side to this modern Jewish well, state. Well, we're not. There's a big difference between us and other countries that are not necessarily um, American-type uh, democracies. You know, to uh, to believe that a person has a right to live and not to be hanged uh, and a, that a person has a right to, you know, express himself and to live uh, openly as he sees fit to to live is a, is a very different thing than than uh, you know taking him to jail, arresting him for different things. In other words, what you're saying is, I am happy that we have the freedoms that don't hang people. Right. I'm glad that I live in a country where everyone is has free will. Right. Not just free will, free freedom of. Of choice, freedom of relationships. Well, I'm freedom saying of that it's that you're allowed to ch- make your choices, and that you don't have to. That that, by the way, like I wouldn't uh, also want necessarily a flag of like, you know, buses on Saturdays being flown over right. the ministry of of uh, the foreign ministry either. And as far as the Torah is concerned, I'm not sure which is considered uh, a more substantial crime, quote unquote, in the Torah. Uh, you know, to to uh, have a gay flag or to have a uh, anti-Shabbos flag right. the, the above, problem the, is, above the ministry. The They're both is, considered uh, forbidden in, in right, Jewish Right, but law. most people don't fly the I am Chal Shabbos flag. The, the pride folks have a, a deep-seated need to be recognized and, and normalized 
and I don't want to get into well, why because they, have they yeah they they want to get married and they want to have uh, surrogacy and they want to have maybe adoptions. because I feel like a lot of times this is not a rights doctrine but the the truth is also that what you're saying Isha is that there is kind of a a, a bundling that happens with the the gay rights movement that it's not just about you know certainly I'm sure that there are people who really see that flag and they think to themselves this is just about me not being oppressed for my um, lifestyle. Whereas there are other people who see that flag, and that's one of, one of the things I saw being argued with you on Twitter. I see that people's definitions are very, very different. There are some people who believe that it's about a, a person receiving respect in, the, in his country, even though he uh, does something which is uh, against Jewish law. And there are other people who see that flag, and they see it as an emblem of a whole a whole genre of, of living which is against Torah values and which is against traditional values, against religious values, and against uh, the Jewish state, the, the basic concept of a Jewish state. And then there's a lot of people out there who when you're like, I don't think this is Jewish values, are like, this flag, is not even, it's not even anymore about gay rights. It's just about tolerance in general. It's become the new tolerance flag. And when my friends wrote like, but isn't that what the state of Israel's flag is there for? Like, isn't that the, the flag that is like supposed to be tolerant of all these different types of folks that are like, no, it's not. The point is, is that they've bundled a whole lot of stuff. And you know what? I'm going to bundle it back. Here's my bundle. And that bundle is that these, this flag is part of an effort to, weak, which flag, which flag, the rainbow flag yeah. is part of an effort to weaken Israel as a Jewish state as a not Jewish and democratic state, but a Jewish state for Jews with Judaism as its essential character. And there's many other efforts, for example, the two-state solution and the, Palest the pro-Palestine, free Palestine thing. The free Palestine thing, not always, but oftentimes dovetails with the so-called tolerance flag. And another thing is, when you fight against the tolerance flag, guess what, guess what comes out? A lot of intolerance for classic authentic Judaism. You're right, but I got to be honest with you, Isha, and I'm going to speak very openly now. Speak. This whole conversation and this whole issue, I, I, I'm talking about me now, I find very uncomfortable and unpleasant. I do not like having to put up a front against the gay rights movement. I don't enjoy it. Um, I know certainly, for example, on Twitter, you're talking about on Twitter, there's there's really a lot of um, good Zionists, good people um, who live as homosexuals. And it hurt like it, I, I don't get any joy. I do not get any joy out of the fight against their movement, even as I understand the need for the fight against their movement. Um, I just find it to be unhappy. Um, I you know, we live in a world today in which we, um, I don't know, which in which we demonize enemies and no one else, kind of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we live in a world today in which we try not to demonize people and we try to be tolerant of people, accepting of people as they are. Certainly in the Jewish world, Isha, I, I know that you and I associate with plenty of people who outwardly break all kinds of laws of Torah. Um, not eating kosher food, knowing that they should eat kosher food, not keeping Shabbos, knowing that they should keep Shabbos. And then you have people who live a homosexual lifestyle, ostensibly knowing they should not live a homosexual lifestyle. And sometimes it's hard for me, and I'm just talking about me now, sometimes it's hard for me because I think to myself, well, you know, I 
don't fight against the like not Shabbos keepers, right? I'm not like, oh, you know, you're a non-Shabbos keeper, even though I definitely um, I'm very much against laws that would make public transportation open again on Shabbat and I'm in favor of fines for businesses that are open on Shabbat. Just parenthetically. But do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, I find this to be like very uncomfortable and something that I wish that I could avoid. I'm just saying that openly. I totally understand you. Uh, I don't feel I've been actually uh, grappling with with uh, these issues all the way from Yeshiva University when the the gay rabbi came and spoke and I and I and I fought or 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 debated or struggled with uh, his presence and, and his thing. I don't. I, I understand what you're saying, but I just make a very quick separation. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm not talking about individual rights, and I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. But you have people, Ishai, who love. are there saying they want to. They don't just want love. They want to get married, and they don't understand why but they can't not, get married. But they're not when asking in all the countries. for those rights. They're not. That's, well, that, some of them are. That's not. That's not true. Th- this is. That's exactly my point. Like this is bundled with a lot of stuff, but this is generally not a rights asking movement. Okay, sometimes it is, but that's. Even, even that's besides the point. Just because it's a rights-asking movement does not mean that I fly its flag just like I wouldn't fly a Palestinian flag who are asking for rights uh, in my land. I, I, am, I am not here to fly that flag. And that flag is offensive to millions of people who are Torah Jews. This country has got a deep... Uh, one of its characteristic traits is Judaism and Torah. Not all of it. There is a liberal side to, this, to our country right. in reality. And that's and, there's many and uh, positive that. aspects to that liberal I, and I and uh, I respect that atmosphere. But I, but I think that a this is a a hatrasa. I don't. There's no word like hatrasa in English that I know of. Like it's starting up with God. It's like it's like it's like it's like, it's like over Jerusalem now we fly the gay flag. It's like I could see the Hellenists of yesteryear just laughing. And that's not the only people who are laughing. The other people who are laughing are the Hamas and the other folks who want to see us being a society which has internal rifts. Uh, which has less of God's, you know, oversight on it, uh, which which has a rift between us and God and between us and our tradition and our heritage, and is a more liberal country, a liberal progressive country. Those countries have proven in the Western world to be weak as standing up to uh, the jihad in its way. For example, France. Here you have a country that was once an ethnic state, a national state with a religion, but certainly with a language. And then it became much more interested in its liberal side. And it led in a whole world of jihadism, constantly under the guise of like, we're liberal, we're liberal. Now these dovetail with the rainbow flag. It's a lot of tolerance. It's, it's a lot of tolerance. And this tolerance, the next thing right after the, 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 the gay pride thing, the next thing is the jihad pride thing. And you see it, by the way. It's, it, these are Well, re- I don't know. Yes. That's, I think that might be a little bit of a leap. It, it is a leap. It is a leap, but it's a logical leap, and it's it's exactly where where it leads. Look, if you don't have a in the Middle East, if you don't have a, it's more- just so hard because I think I just see all these nice people. New, I see all these nice people, and and there's a lot of nice Palestinians too. But does that mean that they should have a state in this land? No, uh, and there's a lot of great gay folks. But they and, would ask them. They would ask you, "What does their getting married in your country hurt you?" It doesn't. It's not the first same thing, as getting first thing. First thing, we are not discussing the issue of them getting married. We're discussing the issue of a flag as a national symbol, equal to and flies on the on the poles as though this is part of the of the thing. And we know which government this is doing. This is doing this. We know which government is doing this. This is a government that 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 doesn't like the idea of tefillin being put on in the streets. And it's a government that doesn't like 
uh, it doesn't really want to hold on to the land of Israel. It's, an, it's a country, it's a government that wants to give more, you know, uh, naturalization to all kinds of Bedouin communities. So they want to uh, give kosher seal of approval to, to kind of fake created Bedouin communi- communities, but uproot Jewish communities. So to me, to me, it's part of the same rainbow, if you will. Okay, it's part of the same rainbow, and and I see that as one thing, and I just think of it from the from the perspective of our of our enemies, and I and and for me, it's clear that they see this as a weakening of the state of Israel, and I know who's behind this. The same one is a new Israel fund. It's the same folks that want to do generally. Uh, they look around and they try to figure out what is the way to weaken our country. And they attack I just want to say, incidentally, that, uh, that, that gay marriages, which occur outside of Israel, are already recognized in Israel. Already recognized. And you know what? So it's not like you cannot be a married homosexual in Israel. That's right. You can. That's right. That's right. And, and by the way, I want to tell you, Maka, almost nobody that was arguing with me was talking about the rights. They wanted me to accept the flag as it is because that is the new value system. And you are not okay you are not okay for holding on to an old value system, which is right, ancient, antiquated, antiquated, decrepit. Right. And, 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 and so, yeah, you're definitely right that there's a lot of that, which is a lot of like, well, now you're a bigot. Right. You're, the word bigot came out and, and homophobe, which I am neither. I am neither a homophobe nor am I a bigot. I'll tell you a famous story. Uh, when I, at Yeshiva University, what I was telling you about is that I came and debated with a gay rabbi who was both being orthodox and gay at the same time. And he was trying to prove that... And that was already many years ago. Right. And he was trying to prove that. And I was there, and I had to go somewhere, so I was the first person to ask questions. And I started just asking him, I'm, I'm like, well, the Torah you know, says this, how do you understand it? And he said something like, well, the Torah clearly is confused about something. So I said, oh, the Torah is confused. I understand what you're saying. You and I no longer have a problem, because I came to argue with the gay Orthodox rabbi. And orthodoxy believes that the Torah is infallible. And if you believe that the Torah is full of mistakes or has mistakes, that means that you don't believe that it's divine. And so therefore you're just a gay guy who... With rabbinical With rabbinical whatever. But the, so I said that to him. Now, what he didn't know is that all the people in that room, which were made up the people who either tended to or were friendly with the, the gay community that did exist at Yeshiva, at, Yeshiva University. at Yeshiva University. What he didn't know is that they were all my friends because we basically were neighbors in this like outside of the, the campus building. It's like building. non-dorm dorm. Right, this non-dorm apartment building that like that's where those kind of folks hung, hang, hanged out, hung out. Now I knew them all. And, and hung out with them freely. And we, did, we talked about things, but not always issues. You were friendly. Friendly, absolutely. And he started saying to me, you're a bigot. And you're a homophobe, and it's obvious. And what he didn't understand is he was shooting himself in the leg. It was amazing. Because everyone around knew how false that was. And, and, and started realizing room. how when this guy's caught in any kind of corner, he just goes ad hominem on me, on, on, on his, on his uh, uh, interlocutor. And, 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 and that's my point. Like you, on, on, the, on the WhatsApp, on, excuse me, on, on the uh, Twitter, it wasn't a discussion about like, well, well, it's true that Israel does have a Jewish you know, kind of flavoring and that's an important part of it. You know, no, it was just like, you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. And I'm like, you see, you're proving my point. You guys, in the name of tolerance, you guys have a deep right, intolerance. You have to cut me out. Right, you have a deep intolerance of, of authentic Judaism. You're forcing this thing. If it was a normal government that actually represented people, there's no way that this flag would have flown. And no, no policy changed. Right. Meaning to say, right. it's not like not flying the flag means something different for policy. You know what I'm saying? It's not like rights go away that currently exist. Right. There are plenty of rights. That's right. 
and 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 maybe there should be more rights. I, I, we can have a discussion about that. We can have a discussion about that because I, I think that I think that it is true that Israel is a rights and liberal state to some extent, and I think that it's not so simple to force religious laws on, on other people in, in this kind of state. I think there is a question mark. I don't think it's so simple to be like, okay, this is not a Torah state right now, okay? Although uh, uh, there are many of us who wanted to head right. that way. But you know, one thing I could tell you for sure is that it's not a rainbow state. Right. Right, like that I know. And it's becoming less a rainbow state. Right, and you demographically stuck this thing on, on, on the flag and you stuck it in everybody's face because that's your value system and, and it's a... It's a it's a it's a it's a putsch. It's you know? a putsch and it's also a little bit of a provocation. Right. That's right. Because you really have like a, a massive swath of Israeli society who really just lives its own life and does its own thing and by far is not like walking into Tel Aviv with picket you know, picket signs being like anti homosexual or anything like that, but they have their strong Jewish Torah values. And you're like you're forcing them to contend with an issue just kind of like I'm dealing with this issue which I really don't want to contend with right. at all. I don't want to contend with it and I, I understand why in a society sometimes you have to deal with things you don't want to deal with, etc. Okay? But it's like we were all just living our lives and doing fine including the homosexual community in Israel and suddenly now we have to have like a, a fight about something that we didn't necessarily have to have a fight about. Who's in power? We have merits. We have Yeshatid, which is Yair Lapid. His father was Tommy Lapid, a famous anti-Haredi guy. And you have Lieberman. Who is who, a famous anti-Haredi guy. Who made himself in the, in the last few years. He is, he is now. It's, uh, it's, it's tattooed yeah. on his forehead. But the point is, is that, so there you go. It is a provocation. And it's also really unrepresentative and unfair. And so that's what I was fighting. I'm not asking the question about marital and marriage rights. I'm not asking that question right now. I'm asking the question of, you stuck this flag in my face. On purpose, and now my kids have to. I have to deal with with how to explain this stuff to my kids, and I have to deal with how to explain this to my God, which is God's asking me, "Hey, Yishai, uh, is this the Jewish state that I brought you guys for to now be, a, you know, a Hellenistic state again?" Right. So, I already we didn't we do the Hellenistic right. state already. So we so, did this one already. So there you go. Now listen. Now now this coupled with other things has caused me, you, and other peoples. Not just this, this, there's also this community of Evyatar, which is a new community that sprang up, and now already they're trying to talk, the government's already yeah, there's, signaling. there's 50 homes there already. Right, the struggle, but the, the government is, this government is talking about taking it down, while at the same time talking about... Right, and you put up, in fact, on Twitter, I, I forget whether it was yesterday or already today, you put up this video, short video, of a lynch mob, basically, an Arab lynch mob with literal fire torches, like in Shrek... Like guys with like pitchforks and fire torches, like encircling, trying to encircle this Eviatar and threaten it. It's crazy stuff. Now, and at the same time, our government is talking about, and I think I've already cooperating signed, with those guys and, and, and making sure that the other Arab communities in the Negev are, I've given are a authorized. seal of authorized. So, all this. Right. So it's like, and this, all this, right. happening just months after having a, an Israeli government flawed, okay, an Israeli government which helped push the United States to recognize Jerusalem as the unified capital of Israel, helped push for recognition of the Golan, was kind of sort of on its way to annexation of the Jordan Valley, um, and had all that under the support of, of a, like a suddenly like 
lion United States, which like the whole international community was like way backed off from pressuring. It didn't get into the business of the United States because they had this president who was like a little bit unhinged and had his like policies that he was going to do and nobody could talk to him about anything. But it was in our favor, right? It really like it was good times for Israel. And suddenly it's like not good times for Israel. It's sort of almost like I don't even want to say the words, but it's like a little bit better term for so it's, Israel. So it's a dark. And you're just like, wait a second. Like, how did this just happen? Right. And I've been noticing and talking amongst a lot of different activists. And there is definitely like, as we call it here in Israel, a diki. Like a dika on a a depression, right? Like a depression that's happening amongst the pro-Israel community. So yesterday, I talked to a very close friend of mine, one of my one of my dearest friends, and there was another thing that sent him right over into tizzy edge. What was it? The corona, the mini corona outbreak that we're having here in Uh, Israel now. Why? Why did he get upset about that? Because obviously it's upsetting. But why did he get upset? Because he is one of these guys that the whole corona thing like flipped him out flipped him out and there's quite a few of those people quite a few of my friends i I definitely start to get a little nervous again we have plans to go to the united states and we have our kids and i'm scared of getting like positive corona tests two days before our flight so he says to me he says to me i don't know yishai you know i foresee that this is only going to get darker here in israel and control and all the stuff and, and 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 he gets very nervous about you know, uh, biometric passports and uh. cameras. And I said to him, bro. And he's like, I'm thinking about leaving. Israel. Yeah, leaving Israel. Oh my gosh. I said to and him, he's lived here for how long? I don't know. Uh, like 15 years. 15 years. I said to him, bro, 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 you got to chill out, dude. Do you really want, first thing, first thing, if you don't listen to the news for two days, everything will come back to normal. You'll see how beautiful and wonderful everybody is and what amazing Jewish country this is. Second thing is, do you really want to hand over the Sitra Akhra, the, the negative dark energy in this world, a big fat victory? It's almost like the Rebel Alliance would be like, oh, forget it. We just forget Is this it. Is a Star Wars analogy? Yeah. Let's just, let's, just, let's just not worry about it. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah the Empire is in control, but it's not going to work. So come on, everybody, just fold up shop, close up all those you know, jets and all the caves and forget it and all the robots just shut them down forget it let's just go sit on the beach that r2d2 guy into yeah. a nice box Deep freeze whatever yeah. and i'm just saying i said to him i said to him do you really want the citra or the dark energy to have a party and to be like i can't believe we got him out of the way i can't believe it at this time well we have a little we just we, we have a little like we're up and and look at these guys they just kind of like fold they, they folded buckle. they buckled look at this we have a, a tiny little show up and like everybody's like, oh, forget it. We're 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 doomed. It's it's over. And I and I gave him this whole spiel. And as I was giving him this like advice spiel, yeah, I was. It was one of those moments where you're like, you hear your face talking, yeah, and you're like, I should, I should be, listen to I should what be listening to what I'm, what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? I'm I should not be a force of. I should be a channel. If I'm a channel of 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 happiness, positivity, and light, I gotta redouble my efforts right now. Right. So too, yesterday I'm in an elevator in one of my favorite neighborhoods in Jerusalem, which is called Givat Shaul. Now, the, not so, there's a lot of stores there and there's a lot of shops and printing places. And, and horrific parking. Worse parking. It's just, but it's comical because you also have a lot of emuna. You have to have emuna. Okay, you have to have faith. You That's pray. a lot of prayers go up to yeah. heaven over there. That's right. And if you haven't tried it, try the God of parking that we pray I talk to. to the God of... Yeah. Uh, he probably hears from me more than the other aspects of That's right. the creator of the universe. Okay, he's probably yeah. has a special name for, for, the, for, the, for the parking aspect of Hashem. Interesting. In any case, 
in any case, what I say, uh, what, what was I saying to you? So I'm, I'm in, I, I love, I love this area. I learned through Twitter, yeah, that Confeina Sharim, which is the main street, the main street of, of Kibatshau, which is this big long street, was actually also an alternative runway in Jerusalem of planes, of airplanes during the forty-eight war. What? Yeah. It was an alternative, and you think about it. That makes it's sense. Just, it's it's just a nice a, long street. It's just a long, nice street. Wow. Yeah, so I learned that. That would be cool for the, you know, the and what's the name Independence of Independence Day Air Show. What a great name for a street. Confey. Oh, Con- the Wings of Eagles. <laughs> the Wings of Eagles. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Wait, did they name it that? I don't know. Because it was the airport? I, I don't know which came first, thing? the, the wing, <gasps> Eagles or Love the- Love it. Eagles or the runway, I don't know. But in any case, um, in any case, so I'm, I'm on Confey. Okay, it's called Confeina Shireen. There's great food there. There's great stores there. And it's very interesting because it's actually, a de- what I realized only through thinking about it yesterday, that on the one side of this road, like one end of the road, is a very religious, religious Zionist area called, um, uh, what's it, Moshe? Kiryat Moshe. Kiryat Moshe. Kiryat Moshe. It's where the Merkaz Arav Yeshiva right. is. And, 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 also, and also Mechon Meir, so it's very Kiryat Moshe on one side. Rav Cook zone. Rav Cook zone. And on the other side of the road, the other end of it is Harnof. Which is which like is the American Haredi. Re- Haredi and American Haredi, okay? Both. And also Sephardi Haredi, all kinds. That's true. They're all there. Like Shas folks, they live there. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. A lot of the Shas folks live, a lot of the Shas leadership lives. Really? Yeah. And oh, so, and so, I'm so much today. So, 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 Confe itself is a bustle and hustle of like religious Zionist and Haredi worlds, and all very Torani mixed in together. Very, very Torah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in an elevator, and I, got, I was in a, I was went to a government office. I went yesterday to the Ministry of Heritage. Long story, different time. Any case, I get in an elevator, and I see that there's a guy there. It gets in the elevator with me, who's obviously like a I just was able to sense clearly that he was a, a manager or a director of some hmm. kind. And I said to him, okay, bro, what's going on? Tell, tell me, give me, we're in the elevator for another minute. Like, what, how do you read you the situation? You made him give yeah. you his elevator speech. Right, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do that sometimes. I'm like, all right, let me, let me hear yeah. your take. What's the take? What's the take? I say that in Israel a lot, and you could do that in Israel. I'm like, I'm like I want to hear your thing. I don't want, I don't want to hear myself. I want to hear your thing. Tell me, tell me what you got. How do you see the situation? No. So he goes to me, it's fine. He goes, it'll be fine. He goes, we got ups. Because obviously the ultra orthodox are well, not in the government. And who was he in the end? He was a director of many many schools of the Shas Sephardi Haredi world schools all over the country. Wow! And he was like a young manager of it, of like uh, you know regional directors. The region, yeah. No, he was a director of of the region. No, he was a director above the region. He was director of the national. Whoa. Like, and he says to me, oh. he, goes, he goes, in all times we have ups and downs. Right now it's a down. We're going to be fine. Just got to stick to the target. Got to keep aiming the target. That's what he said to me. That's what he said, aiming the target. Yeah, just gotta, I love Sephardi people. Yeah, and he was just, and he looked at they me. They have such a good, they know how to mix all the aspects of life. We had, we should all, all of you Ashkenazi people, you need two things. One is you need a Sephardi woman above the age of 50. And she should teach you to cook. That's one. Two is you just need to like go to Sephardi camp for a little bit. Go to Sephardi shul, hang out with the Sephardi guys. They all know about how to balance 
national army stuff and religious stuff and being serious and davening stuff and having fun and having a big fat cookout stuff. They know how to balance life. I really, really respect that, that whole community. Well said Malka. And, and, and what was funny is we had 60 seconds in the elevator and he understood exactly what you're asking, what I'm talking about. Cause everyone's kind of thinking about the same stuff. And, And absolutely. Everybody's thinking about the same kind of stuff. Anyway, so within a second, he understood exactly what I was asking, and he gave me the answer. And I, I just want to say, Malka, you and I, and everybody listening here that's part of you know the same understanding, uh, we got to be right now conduits of, of even more light and, and more joy and more koach. And I started like tweeting out more positive messages. Chazak. Right. We got to be, I got to be, we got to be nutty chazak. Right. Crazy chazak, crazy light right now. And by the way, that's something that really should be uniting all of us. You know, this kind of flag, that kind of flag. Here in Israel, we have to remember, we have to get back to our core uh, Jewish family sometimes and remember. That's why I think Hashem oftentimes throws at us these wars. Um, just to remind us that we're all a family to get us all behind each other again, get us to, to have each other's backs again. Um, and you know, there's so many good people out there and we're all just trying to figure out life and trying to live. We can't let these big mass movements come and, and, and break us down and and, um, and and get us and get us us addicted to darkness, like the news services, like the Corona thing, like, like, like the, uh, like all the conspiracy theories. Like right, all and even like, all the politics. You and, know, and the politics. We, 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 it's important to be involved and it's important to be knowledgeable and it's important to try to be influential where you can. But sometimes you just got to go back to your own table and to your own friends and to your own family um, and just remember that we're Jews and that we are an eternal people and that we have been through so much and that we go through a lot and that we're going to be fine. We know how the story ends. That's right. Getting to the end of the story is the whole thing right now. And, and, but we and, know how the story ends. It's a, it's a happy ending. We go off into the sunset and, uh, and let's like not get overly frazzled. Let's not hurt each other. Let's not be hurt by each other as much as possible. Um, and let's not be confused by the people who want to kind of, chip away at us and, and and expect that bumps a road on the road bumps on the road appear and we're a four-wheel driver you know what i mean <laughs> we get over the bumps and it's bumpy in there but the road but we keep going yeah, okay? and if an axle breaks we get out and fix the axle you know if we run out of gas we push it you know <laughs> and if and, and and if and if the and if it's all four flat tires we hitchhike you know what i mean <laughs> And and, 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 and and if we can't hitchhike, we fly, you know? And Hashem's taking us in, in great places. Maka, uh, if you want to be defended against some of the dark things that are out there, try Bible Shield necklaces, Ooh. okay? The jewelry that every believer must have. <laughs> <laughs> With the smallest ever version of the Bible, okay? Uh, where the scientists at the Technion were able to minimize the entire Bible to a five millimeter square chip. Wow. Not digital. It's actually written on there. That's amazing. Uh, that would be so cool to see it doing that. That's right. Uh, and this is such a great, beautiful, uh, elegant necklace that you could get if you just go to Bible-Shield.com. Okay, it's gold-plated. It's beautiful. It's got a verse, a protective verse, kind of a verse that Hashem is with us uh, in, in all challenges. Uh, and you could get 10% off if you just put in coupon code Yishai. Uh, and it's Bible-Shield.com. I'm very proud that we have this product as part of our uh, part of the folks that support that's right. 
Uh, beautiful this, initiative. That's right. Bible-Shield.com. Bible Shield. It's very beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing. And it's for every believer, Jew and non-Jew alike. Uh, I want to also thank Ari Silverman, who last week donated. I forgot to tell you because I think there was a lot of stuff going on. But not only did he do a kiddush in Marat HaMachpelah for his family, for his father, Dr. Andy, and for his brother, Joey. Not only did he do that, and he dedicated, he also dedicated last week's show. Right. And he also sent money for us to go to Prohibition Pico and purchase. Oh, man. Who wants to come over for a little kiddish this week? That's right. Kiddish at Malka's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, Malka, I, uh, I'm i giving you I'm giving you the green light. Okay, Malka? <laughs> Take the credit Creative card. control. Go ahead, Malka. You got you got the credit oh, card. What should we get? Yeah. And we have, we, pickles. we have a phrase about that in our family, which we say, if Malka's got the wallet, you better get a truck to haul it. Okay? <laughs> and so... <laughs> and so just a little look inside our life yeah and so so Maka I want you to go to Prohibition Pickle and if you go check out Prohibition Pickle on Facebook uh, or on Instagram you will see their kiddish extravaganza platters and salamis and, and now people a lot of people love herring I'm not the greatest herring eater but that's just but a they have f- cool ones there that's a fault of mine uh, there's great spicy stuff uh, there's there's just everything everything that's that's Jewish. Maka, why don't you get? Oh, We're both salivating. like salivating. <laughs> oh God, that's embarrassing. Uh, Maka, why don't you get? Yeah. Why don't you get some some good chopped liver? I wasn't happy with the chopped liver last week that you I got. I liked it. I didn't like it. Get, get I some. I don't know if they have chopped got, liver there. They better. All right. Well, I'm gonna. But they have salami. I'm gonna talk to Chaim. They have a uh, confit garlic. Yes. Yes. And very many different kinds of pickles. Different kinds that. of pickles. Ooh, maybe I'll get some more of my spicy cherry jam. You do that. Okay, get that for, for this coming week, the Shabbos. And uh, Maka, we got a great, I got another half hour of the show right after this uh, where I go through the Torah portion with some depth. Uh, I do it by myself, so it's, so it's monologue Ishai. Sometimes people like that. Get tired of the other guys. You know, I just want to, <laughs> just a little, like just. Oh, quintessential just, Ishai. Just face to face with the Yish, Okay. Uh, so you definitely can do that. And also, I like to get face-to-face with you, so please write me an email, yishai at yishaifleischer.com or yishai at the land of Israel, uh, thelandofisrael.com, which is the Land of Israel Network, where we have many other great shows, and they're our parent network, and we get out so many uh, great great programs for you, so many great podcasts. Check out some of the other folks like Eve Harrow, like Josh Haston, and of course, Ari and Jeremy. And also, I want to thank uh, the folks that work uh, at the Land of Israel Network and get our show out, which is Tabitha, Ben Bresky, and on the Yishai Fleischer end, Yochevet Seidman and Moshe Herman getting the show out. Uh, and also, um, and of course, my brother Lou, especially when we go live on the Facebook, he helps produce that as well. So there's a lot of great folks that, that, are, that are a part of something awesome, Amalka. I also want to uh, have everybody please uh, sign up for your free Jewish press dot com email which is called the jewish express excellent email which gives you a wonderful roundup of the news of israel and the jewish world i highly recommend jewishpress.com uh so and they and they always feature our show as well that's a lot of fun and of course hebron fund the jewish community of hebron needs your support because we uphold the tombs of the fathers and mothers and the tourism there and the defense against the jihadist forces and international forces that want to take uh, over uh, this beautiful and important site and rename it, rework it, and re- and, and own it and take and and uh, uh, co-opt it. And so, uh, you when you support Hebron Fund, you're basically supporting Abraham. Uh, and uh, and Abraham needs your support. Can you believe that? You know what I mean. Abraham needs your support. 
Uh, and, and that's what we do. And, and I have the great privilege of being the international spokesman at the Jewish community of Hebron. Oh, my God, I can't believe I even said that. What a schut. What a schut, Malka. Unbelievable. Really, biggest schut of my life. Uh, so, yeah, it's a dream come true. It's a dream come true to work for Hebron. It really is. Uh, and to continue to make it the awesomeness that it's supposed to be. And when you make Hebron awesome, you make Judea awesome. When you make Judea awesome, you make Jerusalem awesome. When you make Jerusalem awesome, you're really making the Torah awesome. When you're making the Torah awesome, you're making Am Yisrael awesome. When you're making Am Yisrael awesome, you're making God awesome. Making God awesome, you're being awesome. You're being pretty awesome. <laughs> and that, in a nutshell, is awesome. Awesome. Uh, so that's about it. Maka, I want to thank you so much, uh, very much, Lee, for uh, joining the show today. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor uh, and, and a gift to have you on the show with us and today. And a joy. And a joy. And many other things. You are a wonderful lady. Uh, and a wonderful wife. And uh, and I want to really thank you. for And a wonderful broadcaster. Thank so I wanna, you. I want to thank you so much for being with us uh, on the show today. And wish everybody atzlacha and strength. And stay tuned because the Torah segment where I go through the Torah portion of Balak where the evil wizard Bilam comes to curse the Jewish Ooh, people boo. to almost no avail. To almost no avail. Stay tuned for that. More great stuff is in the way. Stay strong. Stay connected. Stay part of the story. And, and shalom. shalom. All right, folks. You are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to, um, to just me. This is a monologue because Rev Mike Foyer is out. And also, as I've, um, he's an American, God bless him, hope he's having a great trip, miss him. And as I've said, there's been so much to do in this, like, quasi-post-corona period that it's it's uh, quite demanding, and so I didn't have enough time to, to find another guest and to take care of it, so you'll just have to be stuck with me, and not just me, but me and one of my favorite Torah portions, which is Balak. It's, it's really, in our family, it's like a... Um, it's like a, it's like it's like getting ready to see a really exciting movie that you love, and to see a, you know another layer of depth in it every single year. Uh, and and Balak is uh, a Torah portion, unlike all other Torah portions, uh, because because the vast majority, overwhelming majority of the Torah is either a narrative about the Jewish people, about the tribe of Israel. It could be uh, all the way from Abraham to Joseph, or of course Moses from the time that we're introduced to Moses. Uh, to the very end of the Torah portion, uh, the, the Torah itself, uh, we deal with with uh, the leadership of Moses. But here you have a Torah portion, which uh, almost all of it, except for the very end, which is very important, uh, deals with um, another view on the Jewish people from the enemies of the Jewish people. So it's as though like there's like a inverse, a camera shift uh, to a different angle. And that's what makes it so interesting and so informative because you also understand how the enemies of Israel think. And in this case, it's it's a realization that the enemies of Israel have that they can't defeat us straight on in a forward-facing battle. A battlefield battle just does not work against the Jews. And that's a realization uh, that the uh, king of Moab and the Midianites have and they figure, okay, so if we can't defeat the Jews in a frontal war, because we could see that they are winning in all their frontal wars, clearly we need something else. We need to play more in their field, as opposed to them playing in our field, which is the field of a frontal battlefield battle. Uh, that that is, That's not going to work. So we need something that works against them. 
and that thing is spiritual. So we need a we need a wizard. We need a magic. We need a cursor, and that cursor uh, comes in the fa- in the famous form or in the form of the famous personage uh, of Balak. Excuse me. Balak is the king. It's Bilam who's the famous personage. Balak is. It's interesting that the Torah portion is called Balak uh, because it's his vision that we got to hire somebody else to help us with this business. But the but the wizard himself is is Bilam. Bilam is the famous wizard, Bilam ben Beor, uh, and there was a find in uh, 1967 in a place called Deir el Allah, which is uh, where the biblical Sukkot is, and they found a, a, an inscription of uh, of Balak uh, Balak ben Sipor, and uh, this really writing very similar to what we have in the Torah, but basically of how he's trying to curse and defeat another nation, and his power of wizardry. Now, the the thing about this Torah portion, the the first realization about uh, about the Torah portion vis-a-vis today is that our enemies today are really, I think, come to the same conclusion as Balak has come to, which is you can't defeat the Jews straight on. Uh, we tr- They tried the enemies in 48 and 56 and 67 and 73, et cetera, et cetera. They tried the big war option and they realized it just don't work. So we need something else. And the upshot is, is that you can either curse the Jewish people, and the real conclusion of the, Jew- of the story is, is that you can't curse the Jewish people, but you, what you can do is you can mess them up from within. If you can actually cause a separation between God and Israel, that's the best way to defeat Israel. If, you, if, if we can't fight them, as in fight Israel and their God, the best thing to do is to go to a completely different kind of operation, which is um, a, 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 you could call it psychological warfare or black ops, uh, or some people call it political warfare. Some, I call it narrative warfare sometimes. But, but here, more specifically is, what can we do to separate between the Jews and their God? What can we do to do that? And the conclusion is going to be, if we can get the Jews to be licentious, then their God will leave them and they'll be exposed. They won't have their strength. Something will get rid of the strength. So it's no longer like, I'm not fighting you directly, I'm fighting you by like getting into your business and working on how you operate, and so I undermine your connection to God through getting you to mess around with the, the um, Midianite women. And generally licentiousness, and this is this is connected to I think something that I that I got in trouble with uh, a lot this week, in which I fought on Twitter against the gay pride flag flying over Jerusalem. Now a lot of people said to me, a lot of people wrote to me and said this is a a, a flag of tolerance and, and all kinds of you know beautiful words, but to me that's not what this flag is. To me this flag is a way to separate between the children of Israel and God. Because it's something that stands for something that God doesn't like, and no matter what the uh, human problems associated uh, with the drive for homosexuality, which which are discussable, debatable, and interesting and meaningful, uh, and the question of, of loneliness and the question of love and all these kind of things, uh, the question of what is procreation, all these questions are, are, are important questions, but let's not go there. Let's just keep it 
a tad more more clear and topical, which is God does not like it. We know that through all of Jewish history, we know that. That's what the Maccabees fought. We know this story. I, we don't have to open this up as though like, wow, we've like this is a totally unknown uh, thing that we've never faced. We faced it over and over again, this this what I call modern form of Hellenism. God does not like it. God leaves our presence. And God says here, you know, licentiousness of a different kind. Okay, maybe it's uh, not uh, 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 gay, but it is, uh, it, it is yet still uh, a, a wanton desire, which is unbridled, like, and licentiousness from the word license. And so, and so that's what this flag represents, and that's exactly what the conclusion of this Torah portion is going to be, which is the way to get the Jews is to separate between them and God. Uh, and then... Interesting still is that the Savior for that moment is going to be uh, Pinchas, who is kind of the original aspect of Elijah the prophet. And so, so there's something about Elijah the prophet that heals even that. So, so we're going to face the, the we, we faced frontal attack, attacks from Sichon and Og, defeated them, faced the wizard uh, Bilam. Uh, defeated him. God defeated him through through stopping his curses, and finally, uh, uh, even the suggestion for licentiousness is going to be defeated by Elijah the prophet, by the forebearer of Elijah the prophet. So, really, a, a triad of efforts against the Jewish people, and something a consciousness that I'm very, um, very, very filled filled with these days is the sense that our enemies are hitting us at every intellectual pillar of Judaism, at every place that could give us strength, if it's in this idea of, of the gay flag uh, symbolizing tolerance and undermining our purity and our relationship with God that way, if it's at the, you know, the, the history of Israel, which is being rewritten uh, to say that we're a big occupier and a thief, if it's the, the legitimacy of the Torah, which is constantly undermined, or the legitimacy of archaeology. Uh, or the legitimacy of the fact that there's a Jewish peoplehood in general, and and uh, or land theft because you know Israel is kind, so we could actually sneak around and, and steal our land, et cetera, et cetera. So many ways that the enemy is attacking today. There's so many ways. It's really amazing. It's really an amazing thing. There's something. There's something like the obsession with trying to undermine Israel is. There's something manic about it. There's something obsessive about it, and there's something like beautiful about it. In a sense, it's like wow. Like this, you're you're proving to me that this is a godly thing, because of your manic obsessive to stop it. So it's like, wow, you're like, there's all, there's only one way to explain this, and and really at the end, it isn't really the simple explanation explanation of anti-Semitism. Isn't the simple explanation is that these are really the enemies of God, and that they actually do see Israel as the manifestation of God, and therefore they want to destroy it. To me, that's really the simple. And their obsessiveness is simple is 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 a giveaway. By the way, the Jewish people's smallness and their and their uh, and their um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for their their, their percentage wise of impact in the world, uh, their um, punching above their weight, far above their weight, um, is is also proof of. The, the fact that the Spirit of God rests on Israel and they are therefore the channel for so much great knowledge and, and, and um, you know, f 
great great progress for humanity. So so uh, it's it's not proportional. And that's also proof of God. And the hate against Israel, which is not proportion, not proportional, is a proof of God. Anyway, let's get to the Torah portion, and we'll have to uh, a touch. We can't do all of it, uh, but basically, um, Balak is called by Balak calls Bilam uh, from the Euphrates River from 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 the north, and uh, two times do uh, messengers come to. Uh, to Bilam and ask him to come and and work for Balak. And the first time when the messengers come, then then he says to them, well, I can only do what God tells me to do. And and God says to him, you can't go with him. And then the next day, uh, the, the next time they come again, richer and more, more respected uh, emissaries from Balak come and they say, you know, come to Bilam and curse the Jewish people. And this time, God says to him, you can go with him. We can go with the, You can go with this group, but you can't curse the Jewish people. Um, two, two ways of understanding this. One way is, that, is that, that God made it clear to him, you have to do what I tell you to do, and you can't try to curse the Jews. That's why I'm letting you go. And then we'll learn that, indeed, he's still trying to go curse the Jews, and that's why uh, the angel is going to stand in front of the donkey and block the passage. But there's another explanation that I found in the Torah Tamima, which I like very much, which is, this is the source of the famous phrase, in, in the way that a human being wants to go, does heaven guide him? This is such a deep concept, folks and friends. The, the way that Hashem takes you is actually the way that you want to go. If you want to go in a path of holiness, they'll take you in a path of holiness. Like heaven will take you in that direction. If you want to go in the pathway of, uh, if you don't care about that, that and you want to go, let's say, curse the Jewish people, they'll give you that opportunity as well. Uh, and so, and so that, that, is the, uh, that is the message, which is the first time God says to him, don't go. But when he sees that he really wants to go, it's like, okay, so go. Gesundheit, hate, as we say in Yiddish. Gesundheit, hate, go ahead and, and do what you think is, 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 uh, is the right way. You know, if you want to go that path, if you want to listen to your own heart and not to God's heart, go ahead. And that's a that's a different explanation. In any case, um, so God allows him to go in the second time. And then there is one of the most dramatic and one of the most biblically visual scenes uh, that exist. And that is, of course, the angel that is blocking um, blocking Bilam. Now, this guy Bilam is supposed to be this awesome wizard. He's supposed to be able to see stuff. He's a seer. In some ways, he's considered a greater prophet than Moses, which is saying a lot. There was something very powerful about this guy. Um, and, um, and he's very powerful, and, and he uh, saddles his donkey to go with the second group. Uh, and this saddling of the donkey early, it says, Bilam woke up in the morning and he and he saddled his own donkey and this is a proof of how hot he is on going to to uh, Balak, how he wants to get respect for being a known cursor and he actually wants to go against God and against the will of God and curse the, the Jewish people. And how and the, the 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 sages ask, well, how could he have the power to curse the Jewish people? Like, where does he have that power? And the answer is so deep, so incredible. And the answer is 
that the sages say that what he knew, he knew a secret. He knew the secret about when God, at a certain point of the day, actually has anger at the Jewish people. When God has a rage, a moment of rage, well, he could, he could exactly at that moment time a word, like destroy them. Uh, and, and, if, and if he can, uh, if he can just shoot that word into the hole, uh, that angry moment of God, then he could get God to curse the Jews. Now, on the one hand, that's an amazing power. But on the other hand, that is not somebody who's interested in the will of God. That's somebody who's trying to use God. And that is the cultic idea, uh, the idolatrous idea in the first place, which is, it's not that God uses me, it's that I use God. It's for my pleasure and for my interest. And if you just know exactly how to feed the gods, as it were, then you could, um, you could use them for your purposes. And that's the exact sense of what is idolatry. That is the exact heart of idolatry, which is I use God or gods or whatever I make up for my purposes, not the other way. Um, and I'm not really serving his will. He, he's serving my will. It's just that simple. So anyway, let's just get to these very, very famous verses, which is that God gets angry. God gets, ang- gets, gets angry with, uh, with Bilam for going, and the reason he gets angry with him is because he's actually going to curse the Jews. And he puts, Malach Hashem Baderech, a angel of God stands in the way to block him. And he is riding on his, uh, on his donkey, uh, she donkey with two of his lads. Anyway, the she donkey, the she donkey sees the angel of God, it's standing in the way. And, it's, and this angel has got a sword drawn in its hand. All right? So here's, the, here's, uh, here's Mr. Wizard. And I don't mean, of course, Mr. Wizard from Nickelodeon from when we were kids. We're talking about Mr. Wizard, uh, Mr. Bilam. Is is you know blithely riding along. In the meantime, his simple donkey sees the angel of God with a sword drawn, and she starts. This she donkey starts to go off the path. And it goes in the field. And and Bilam hits her, hits the she donkey in order to get her back on the path. Fine. Scene one. Scene two. The angel of Yudke Vavke of God stands in uh, in the in the in the vineyard patches. But there's a there's a fence from a wall from here and a wall from there, like a like a terrace. And she the, the these she donkey she sees this angel of God. She presses up against the wall. She squishes the leg of Bilam. And he continues to smash. He hits the she donkey because she now causes his leg to get injured and maybe even he becomes lame from it. And this reminds us of, of the Jacob wrestling with the soldier. And now the angel of God passes and, and stands in a very tight spot. Which you can't go this way or that way. And the Shidanki sees the angel of God, and she crouches under Bil'am, meaning to say she's not walking anymore. She just crouches down as, as beasts of burden do. And Bil'am gets angry, and he, and he smacks and hits 
the animal again repeatedly with a stick. Finally, after this third uh, third round, Hashem Hashem opens up the mouth of the she-donkey in the famous scene of the talking donkey. Vatomer, and she says thusly, Lebilam, to Bilam, she says, Ma What have I done to you? That you've hit me now three times. These three. Now the word regalim also means the uh, three pilgrimage holidays. So there's a lot of um, foreshadowing, a lot of a lot of uh, words here that also speak of other things, which are the three pilgrimage holidays when the Jewish people get together. So in some way, the, the three uh, pilgrimage holidays are kind of antidote uh, to a Bilam type curse. That's hinted at here. And so, wow, that's pretty shocking. The donkey just spoke. That's a, that's a pretty big miracle. And, and according to some, like the Rambam, this is all a kind of vision and didn't exactly happen in real time, but it is, but it is a prophetic and miraculous vision, which is just as miraculous as, uh, as it happening in real life. Uh, but, but I prefer to believe that it really did happen. That's, I, I prefer to see it that way. I, I, uh, I understand where the Rambam is coming from, and of, and of course the Rambam is the Rambam, but I prefer to say, nope, that's, that's just the way it was, the way it's telling it to us. Um, but what does Bilam say? Does he say, oh my God, this donkey is speaking. But he's still angry. He's still seething. Bilam says to the she-donkey, you were really bugging me. You were really agitating me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right, I would smite you right now. And of course, we are meant to understand how absurd his claim is. If he had a sword in his hand, you don't have a sword. God's angels got a sword right in front of you, bro, and you don't see it. And so therefore, you're angry at this animal who actually saw things, you're smiting your animal... The point is, really, is to make great fun of this great self-acclaimed wizard. He doesn't see anything that's happening all around him, and he thinks that the animal is, 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 is dumb and, and is blind and, and is not doing it. And in the meantime, the animal's much smarter than him. But, the, but the, uh, uh, as we say in Hebrew, right? the, 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 the she-donkey is not going to... St- to just take that kind of verbal abuse. I mean, it's the Middle East, you know? So, you know, you're going to talk down to a donkey, the donkey's going to come back and say something to you. So the she-donkey says back to Bilam, Am I not your she-donkey? Aren't you the... Uh, am I not your she-donkey who has basically served you well from... From basically forever, from time immemorial, since the beginning of time for you, uh, until this very day, uh, until this very day, do I really deserve that? Have, have I done bad to you? Do I deserve this kind of treatment? And he says no. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Torah, because the donkey says to him like. Hey, you know, why don't you just take a second and chill out and just realize that I've been with you for many, many years. Have I ever served you improperly? Uh, can't you, can't you, like, 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 give me a break. If I am doing something like this, can you think for a second, a good thought about me, and just be like, well, you know, she must see something I don't, or something like that. But in, instead of, don't I deserve your kindness as opposed to the way that, that, that you've treated me and hit me 
And and isn't it isn't it actually and the donkey doesn't say this, but isn't it actually the case that I do see and you don't see? But you have to wonder why in the world does the Torah include this extra verse of like, did I deserve to be treated this way by the donkey? Like, wh- why is that? Imp- why does the Torah include that verse? I think that there's actually a very uh, important message that's telling us about about Bilam. And that is similar to what I said to you before. Bilam looks for the one moment that he can find in order to curse God. And therefore he wants to use God. He doesn't actually see the big picture. or He doesn't want to represent the big picture. He wants to represent his small picture in, in his interest to fulfill it now and to find a loophole to use God for his interest. And therefore, not really the, the, the wide and, 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 and well d- d- thought of interest of God, but rather the very uh, personal and, and uh, uh, very now, very immediate interest, very desirous interest of, of this man. So too, does the donkey say to him the same way? She says, why don't you take the long view? Why are you taking the short view? And to all of us, anybody who's listening to me today, uh, I say this, we all could learn a lesson from the donkey. This donkey's very wise. It's a Middle East donkey. It's a serious donkey. And this donkey says to all of us, don't get angry at the tiny moments of life. Look at the big picture. And don't get disappointed in God and in Israel without looking at the big picture, the big picture, the arc of history is that God's promises are being fulfilled. That's the, real, that's the real arc of history. And so you saw the Holocaust and you stopped believing in God, but look what I did right after the Holocaust. And I'm in charge of souls. And I remember pain. And so therefore don't doubt me just because you're stuck in your small moment right now, your moment of rage, your moment of pain, your moment of disappointment. See the big picture in that moment. And that's what the donkey says to Bilam and says to all of us, see the big picture. See the long arc of history and you'll see amazing miracles that God has done. And at this point, uh, God reveals, God uncovers the eyes of Bilam and he sees indeed this angel of God standing before him and his sword is drawn in his hand. So he bows down low on his face. And basically, the angel of God says, uh, I came here to stop you because you have gone out against me. And so now we know the motivation of Bilam that we may have not known. You did go out to try to curse the Jews, and I told you not to, and that's what you're trying to do. And this she-donkey, she saw me these three times, and he says, and he says to him in great sardonic irony, he says, how about what I do now is I kill you, Bilam, but your she-donkey, which you wanted to kill because of your rage, I'll let her live. And so, and so the, 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 the dramatic moment is complete. It's like it's, it's all reversed. It's what you, you thought that you saw and you knew she actually saw, she knew, and you wanted to kill her. I'll kill you and let the donkey live. The donkey is more valuable than you are. 
So Bilam is like, all right, you win. And if you want me to go back, I'll go back. So, so the angel of God says, no, you keep going, but you're going to say what I want you to say. And, um, and finally, they do meet Bilam and Balak. And uh, Balak, the wizard, excuse me, B- Balak, the king, tells Bilam, the wizard, um, hey, you know, why, why, why were you delayed? And, and he basically lets them, lets them know there's nothing I could do other than say what God tells me to say, but let's, but let's basically try it anyway. And the mistake there is, is that Balak the king is an idolater and he thinks, okay, you know what I mean? Let's up, let's, let's up the ante. Let's appease this God or gods. And if we could do that, then, you know, we'll get him to do what, what, what we want in the, in the tradition of, uh, of the cultic rites. Uh, and, and basically they, they go up to a spot where they could see part of the Jewish people. And I'll, I want to comment on this part of the Jewish people in a second. Um, and they make sacrifices, offerings. Uh, they built an altar. They actually built seven altars, uh, seven altars and give, uh, seven animals on each, uh, offer up seven animals. It's a whole big uh, uh, you know, to do. It's a whole big right. It's a lot of stuff. It's like build the rocks, you know, slaughter the animals, build, bring up the animals. So it's, it, we're not talking about something that's like, all right, how about this? Can you curse them now? It's like a whole uh, a ritual. It's building seven altars on this mountaintop, seven animals, and obviously calling out to their gods and their things or trying to placate the God of Israel. In any case, uh, comes back B- B- uh, Bilam and he begins his prophecy or, or his vision. Uh, and he says, um, and he says, what, what you, uh, uh, what I tried to curse, God has not cursed. And what I'm trying to rage at, God has not raged. And he starts to say, um, there's this famous phrase here. This is a nation that dwells alone and it doesn't take counsel in the Gentiles. And there's many other phrases that basically says that uh, the very thing that you're trying to do, curse, is not going to happen. It's instead of a curse, the Jewish people are going to get a blessing through me. And these blessings that we're going to read, they're blessings that we actually use all the time. We use Bilam's phrases to talk about the blessings of Israel. And, and you can guess that, that Balak the king is like, hey, wait a minute. I hired you to, to curse the people, not to bless them. And he says, listen, I told you I can only say what, uh, what I've been told to say. And they go at it again. They go to a different spot. Now, here I want to make the point that I wanted to make before, which is it says, Balak says, okay, 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 okay. Let's go to a different spot. Asher tirenu misham, which you're going to see the nation from there. Ephes katsehu, only the edge, only the edge will you see of the Jewish people. Why is that important? And now we will complete a triad of thoughts that are really all the same. And there's, there's of course, there's triads throughout the three times that the donkey crouches and hides and uh, the three hittings and all that stuff. It, there's a there's there's a triad repetition here, but I'm adding in a triad for all of you to think about, which is one triad. I cur- the way that 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 Bilam curses is through finding that small moment in God's anger, and the second thing is 
is that the donkey says, hey, you know, don't look at the small moment. Look at the arc of history. And now we learn that the way that Bil- that Balak wanted to, to get Bilam to curse the Jewish people is to just see the edge. Because if you see the whole of the Jewish people, if you see the whole, it's beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful in this world than the whole of the Jewish people together. And that beauty is what Balak is trying to cover up, that natural, holistic, godly beauty. He wants to cover that up, and he wants, he wants to find the dark spot in the Jewish people and to shine a light on that. And think now of the media and how it works to find fault with Israel. To find fault with Israel and to uh, find a way to curse Israel through seeing a very small picture uh, of, um, uh, of the behavior of, of this people and shine a, light, a spotlight on that and then thereby undermine the good name of Israel. And so that's what Balak is doing to Bilam. He says, I'll help you curse them if we could just see a small part of them. Then you might find some darkness that would your spirit will get into. And indeed, the answer to that effort to see, uh, um, to see a small part of Israel is exactly the opposite of seeing the small part of Israel. That God did not find... Lo- it says, it says, Lo he beat Avin Yaakov. He didn't find any fault in Jacob. He didn't see any wrongdoing in Israel. Hashem Elohav Emo. God his God, Hashem is God is with him. Vituat Melech Bo. And the and the blowing of the shofar of the king is within him. And then later on we'll see specifically the 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 um the the phrase that um that the what are how beautiful are the tents of Jacob, and so it says Vaisa in the in the third blessing it says curse that was that became a blessing Vaisa Bilam etenav Bilam raised up his eyes Vayar et Israel shochen leshvatav and he sees all of Israel living uh, or or arranged uh, or neighborly by its tribes arranged by its tribes. And he and he got the spirit of God on him. Matovu Yaakov. How beautiful, how goodly are your tents, Jacob, Mishkanotecha Israel, your dwelling places, Israel. And in the middle of this very dry desert, he sees water. Like springs. They are planted on on on, sp- on lands of springs. They are planted. It's like green, lush gardens, like tents uh, that are next to a river, uh, like like cedars upon the waters. And he sees exactly the opposite of what is seen when he sees the beauty of Israel, even in a dry place. Does he see the lushness and and the blessings? Right in the desert, there's no greater sign of blessings uh, than than an oasis. And that's what he sees. He sees a dark world, a dry world. And then there's a lush garden, and that lush garden is Israel. The end of the Torah portion, uh, when, when basically uh, Bilam and Balak split up and they leave, we learn that, 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 that Bilam basically has a suggestion 
for uh, Balak. And that suggestion is, you can't fight them head on and I can't curse them, but what you can do is entice them and in, in, within their world, within their heart, within their relationship with God, you can cause division, divisiveness. Remember, I showed you that the Jewish people are one and there's a beauty when they're together. If you can only undermine that beauty, you'll weaken them. That's the kryptonite. And if you could do that, if you could divide between them, between one another, if you can cause them to have to kill one another, if you cause them a separation between them and God, then you might have a fighting chance. And that's exactly what happens in the end of the Torah portion. Uh, and that is uh, that the Midianite girls are beckoned, beckoned to come down and they begin, uh, they begin to entice the Jewish people. And guess what? There's a weakness there. That's the truth. There's a weakness there. And that weakness uh, is one that leads to licentiousness and that leads to an anger of God. 24,000 people will have died in a plague that God sends down and it's only Pinchas uh, who is able to stab the leaders, uh, the man and the woman, uh, through the act uh, is able to stop that uh, plague. And we'll talk more about that in the next Torah portion next week. Uh, but the point is, is, that, uh, is that I hope you understand that the enemies of Israel... Uh, have a way of fighting today, uh, which is very much like this, which is not frontal and head-on, but rather through undermining the holiness of the Jewish people. That's that's what the Torah is telling us in so many layers of de- depth and poetry and beauty and a great narrative. The Torah is so eternally true, so true today, so true today. It gives us so much strength to understand really what's going on, what we see. Uh, God has constructed an incredible world, a complex world, uh, but he's given us uh, a lifeline, uh, a manual uh, 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 direction, and the right to struggle, the right to struggle. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, which we mentioned. Thank you to all of you out there. You guys are the greatest sponsors. Uh, and I want you to check out uh, IshaiFleischer.com. Go to the donate page. We are soon putting up a new Patreon page and a new donate page as well. It's going to be really great. Um, and I want you to be part of broadcasting the show, and I want you to think about uh, dedicating the show, uh, just like Ari Silverman dedicated the show last week uh, to his family, uh, to his uh, father and brother Andy and Joey. So too uh, do I recommend that all of you guys throw down uh, a way to sanctify, uh, to remember, to sanctify God's name and remember your family's or, or loved one's good name uh, by by dedicating a show. That's at ishayfleischer.com. Uh, I also want to thank Yocheved, Tabitha, Ben Bresky, Moshe, and Lou for helping get the show out to the world and producing it and making it happen. Thank you so much uh, for you guys out there. Please leave a high rating if you can, if you believe so, uh, on any of the platforms that you listen to the show, to the Shai Fleischer Israel podcast. And of course, we want to thank Hashem, God Almighty, for giving us the strength and the koach and the opportunity to sanctify His name. Please, Hashem, continue to give us koach, give us strength. Uh, to shine your light out to the world through your people Israel, through the land of Israel, through the Torah of Israel, and through the lovers of Israel around the world, whoever they may be. God bless you, folks. More great stuff, more great blessings from the land of blessings. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, stay part of the story wherever you are, and Shabbat Shalom. Shalom, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel from the Land of Israel Network, but also from the Land of Israel Fellowship. We have members from 
31 countries joining us every week, Sunday live at 6 p.m. For those that can't make it live, they get a direct recording. Just go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We're growing together. We're learning together. We're celebrating together. The gates are open for all who want to come and join. 